Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of Raised in Pimp City. I'm your brother, your ally, the person that we may not agree with on every single thing. That's not our job. We're human beings. We're not going to agree on everything. But hopefully we can agree on the fact that we need to help save lives. And I'm here to help you do that in whatever way I can. And if not, I'm here to applaud you for you doing that. Because we don't have to work together to get the job done. You know, but we do. We, we also don't need to tear each other down. So I'm coming off a, a, a height right now. Saturday was the um, 14th annual Young Men's Leadership Conference at Mount Miguel High School. Mount Miguel High School, I attended the majority of my sophomore year in high school. That was the school that I, um, I, I think we first, first really start um, flirting with the idea of pimping, me and my group of friends. We didn't know what it was yet, but I know me and my best friend at the time, we had Wednesdays and Fridays were pimp day. To us, that meant dressing up, dressing nice. We didn't, you know, we didn't really relate it all the way to the lifestyle, but we we had enough knowledge to call it pimp day and related dressing up to be pimpish. And that was, if I recall, that was when my brother used to come back to us after collecting money from girls for lunch, for different things, and he would come back with wads of money and he would count it. And that wad, it might have been fifty to hundred dollars, but he'd come back and those were the money that he had went around collecting from girls. And I remember that being like the coolest thing, seeing that knowing that he had got money from girls, knowing that he had got money um, from dice games, from hustling. It felt good and he felt good because he wouldn't have came back bragging to us about it. So I'm just looking back and reaching back to, you know, with the stuff that led me into the life. Because if you know that, then you know you would know how to help and address the youth. What led you? What made you for those that have lived experience? Utilize that experience, dig deep into your own mind, your own heart, your, your past, and what led you. Even though everybody enters the game differently, there's a lot of similarities. What was that attraction point? What made, um, what made getting money from girls fair seeming? So anyway, at the uh, 14th Annual Young Men's Leadership Conference, I had the honor of being the, being the keynote speaker in the morning. And I lit a fire up under those kids. God, thank you, God, I was able to do that. I came from a place of pain when I delivered this message. Because when I looked out in that crowd and I seen a, a crowd from of, of young men ages as young as 12 to as old as 17, I looked out in the crowd and I seen a crowd of kids that represented me, my friends. You know, the kids have been um, from most majority of them were from different areas of San Diego, mostly impoverished communities. Some were from outside of San Diego County, coming from Riverside, Inland Empire, and they were there. There's at least 200 youth in that building that day. And so my, my job was, I could not be like the 50 other adults that stood around. So I, I, I know they're, they're, they may not have or share the same background that I do. I didn't see a lot of people that were, uh, you know, from, from uh, the community, the, uh, the background that I, I share, the street life. I didn't see too many street folks in that building. So I had to come because I knew what type of youth were in there. And these weren't the, the, the book smart kids that were in here. These were the kids that, that, that like I told them, they have five, a five-year span from 15 to 20 of a crucial decision-making. In that five-year span, one bad decision could lead your life down the path of destruction or could lead your, path, your, your life path down a path of success. The theme of the event was make every day count. So when I hear make every day count, I, I relate that directly to all the lost lives that I've been um, under... <laughs> all the lives that I've had to see buried 
from the ages of 12 on, 15, 17, 21, all of my close ones that I've lost and all the associates that I've lost and we've lost. Um, so I came from that place, looking down the crowd of kids that resembled those kids. And uh, I, I think they were touched. At least five different kids came up to me after I was done speaking and just to let me know that they were living my same life currently. So I knew it was impactful. And if anything, if I reached 20 of those kids out of the 200 that needed it, I'm glad that that happened. So after that, what I really wanted to touch on right now with this this brief podcast is uh, my breakaway session, which originally was labeled toxic masculinity. But toxic masculinity, the title of my, my breakaway session was changed by the great Michael Love, who was the person who puts on this conference every year. He's the he's a staff at he's staff at Mount Miguel High School where the conference happened, but he's also um, the person that puts this on separately by you know with his team. So he changed the name from toxic masculinity to positive masculinity. And at first, I mean not at first, when I seen it I was excited. Two days previous to that I was talking to a friend of mine about that title toxic masculinity and we hated it. We hate that word. You know, it's like, why? Why does it have to be toxic? So I was happy when he changed it to positive masculinity. You know, in my mind, I, I, I talk about this all the time. What you resist will persist. Don't be anti what you hate. Be pro what you love. That energy you apply to what you love will cancel out what you hate. So I could be anti-toxic masculinity. Or I could be pro-positive masculinity. And it's impossible to be a positive man and a negative man at the same time. The two won't exist together. So the more we push and promote positive masculinity, what is that? What does that mean? You know, you'll end up getting rid of the toxic shit. So when I had my session, I went in with the kids talking about different things that make a man positive talking about things that made a man negative and kind of get, and warning them and getting their minds ready to avoid the trap that's laid out for them before they were born. That's going to be there because far beyond school letting out, when school's over with your senior year, the streets ain't over with. So we made sure we went into all the different forms of street life, activity, what the trends that are going on, getting their minds ready for the next set of trends, um, the importance of being a good man, raising a family. We talked about all this stuff. And one thing I can't say, and I do, I did know, notice from that event, and a reminder to me, because I knew this fact, but I needed that reminder. These kids aren't dumb. I was 12, I was when I was 12 years old, that was the first time I started selling weed myself. 15, gangbanging, barely going to school, you know, sleeping on my, sleeping at my girlfriend's house every night. I was practically on my own. 16, I was gone. Taking trips to LA from San Diego, making moves I should not have been making by myself. I was an adult. So when we address these kids as advocates, when we address these youth, be mindful of that. Don't sugar, especially the more, I'll even say the more at risk. Don't sugarcoat shit. These kids are smart. And I told I had to rewind back. I was a 15-year-old 20 years ago, right? So in 20 years, kids didn't get dumber and they didn't stay stagnant. These kids are smarter and sharper than they've ever been. 
at a younger age. So when you address them, when you have the blessing to be able to talk to them in forums, talk to them in classes, don't sugarcoat it. I wasn't even in during this this, um, session, I wasn't even trying to talk to them about human sex trafficking. I was just keeping it on positive and, and toxic masculinity. But one kid on his own brought up human sex trafficking. He was 14 years old. So at that point when he brought it up, of course, I had to dive in. I had to talk about it. We had to go into it. And I asked the kids, um, what do you know about human sex trafficking? What is human sex trafficking? And there was at least five different kids in there that came with pretty much good explanations. They were different. They might have not been dead on, but they were good enough to let me know that they had understanding and they were aware of what it was, which is amazing because I would not have been at their age. I was barely finding out. 16 going on 17. These kids knew, which is also uh, pay credit to to the advocates that are out there, to the people that are going spreading awareness and for parents spreading awareness to all the adults that are out here making sure the kids know. Good job. Um, So... That was a, it was a very interesting conversation. But my takeaway from that that I can take away and give to you all is don't underestimate the knowledge and the power of the youth. Don't sponge bob them. They're going to reject you. Talk to them in their language. Talk to them in a language that they understand, that they feel, and let them know. Make them aware. You know, depending on your crowd, if you're not the best person to address that particular crowd, then get somebody who is. Because not every crowd is for every advocate. Okay? When I spoke to this, this class, there was the same, another person came and spoke, not spoke to that class, but we came back into the session and kids were going to sleep. They were not acknowledging this person, and he might have missed the people that he need, that needed to hear the message the most. The words weren't bad. What he was saying was on point, but the delivery method, the spirit in which he gave it, the language that he was speaking, the kids didn't even want to hear it. They might as well be listening to their uh, sociology professor. They don't want to hear that shit. So know your audience. Be aware that you may not be the best fit for that audience. And at sometimes and in some locations, I know you may be the only person that can talk about this. In that case, don't not do it. Still do it. But if you are in a position where you have the option to maybe get a lived experience expert, get somebody who's, um, you know, who may be more versed with the youth, get that person. Even myself, as street savvy as I may feel I am, as um, up to date as I may feel I am with the youth, and of the street, I still know that I need to actively be working on replacing myself with the kids because I'm my hair's getting grayer, I am getting older, and eventually just that that brick wall right there of being an older man, it can it can um, you know put a brick wall up between me and the kids' minds, the message and the kids' mind. I know that. So one of my personal goals is to start building which I've been on, but now strategically making sure I'm building a replacement for myself that's slightly younger, that's ready, mentally ready. Because this this work that we're doing, not just for human sex trafficking, but ending poverty, ending the gang culture, because we're on a major shift right now. This is a great time to be alive. This is a great time to be alive right now. So much of truth is coming to the light. So much darkness is falling behind right now. The 
gang banging is on the verge of being totally annihilated right now. So, and the kids and I talk to them about it. Hopefully, I can um, I can air. I did I did record the the class. Hopefully, I can air that and I'll air it as a podcast as soon as I get that together. But the kids. They, they even recognized that gangbanging was old. And this is a group of kids that normally would have been involved in gang activity. And they recognize that kids like themselves are doing it just because it's cute now that are still stuck in the life. This is not, we're not living in the late 80s, early 90s anymore. So this, more than ever, now is the time for us to push a heavy line on awareness for all components of street life and and hustles and also come in with solutions and opportunities and let me take away the word also we need and have to come with solutions opportunities and resources to the inner city to cities that are are to the communities that are high need okay all right but yeah take away kids aren't done have a great day god bless you all you know, if you want to reach out to me, you got any questions, comments, concerns, I am open. I'm open for dialogue. Um, if you don't like the podcast, send me a message. Tell me you don't like it. Tell me I'm whatever. You don't have to listen to it either. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm not here to create enemies. I'm here to help. I don't have time for negativity. Um, you know, yeah. keep writing letters. Keep writing letters. Keep signing petitions. It's okay. I love you and I feel for you. And I know uh, uh, if I disturbed you in some way, I apologize. I wish the best for you in your life. Um, I hope you can uh, find a place of healing within yourself because I know I haven't done anything to you. Okay? God bless you. I love you. And I and I'll, I apologize if I've done something wrong to anybody out there. All right? You guys have a great day. Beam up. Never down.